Back for another. I was just about to play another really quick clip, and technology got in the way of my life. As much as I hate this new technology, we're getting through it with the video and all the rest of it. It is a Brent Nunzier podcast for another week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Last week, I hope you enjoyed my chat with Matt Heafy or Heafy from Trivium uh, and all that fun stuff, talking about touring around the world. Before that, of course, we did uh, the roundtable with uh, a bunch of crew guys uh, from Halsey and and uh, bare naked ladies and uh, a bunch of guys uh, shine down. So it was great. Uh, really cool uh, time trying to bring you guys up to speed on what we're going through in this uh, fine uh, touring business that we're in. And uh, I thought I would uh, continue that trend this week by bringing two very awesome people into the mix and two of my favorite people in this business. Uh, ladies first. So we're going to start with Katie rocks from nice horse. Hello, Katie. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm very, very good. And um, now one of my oldest people, friends in the business. That's Dunner right there from Washboard Union. How are you, buddy? Welcome to the show. That means we've known each other a long time and then then I'm not the oldest person you know. (laughs) There's been older people on this show. There's been many older people on this show, but uh, none finer than the two that are on here right now. (laughs) Love this, uh, this group. Hi, guys. Welcome to my show. Hello. Hello. It's about time. We finally made it happen. This is awesome, man. It's so great to be on your show. It's it's a blast. Now, Dunner and I were speaking, um, I guess, last year. Last year, before the world had shut down, I was in Glasgow, Scotland. And I was kind of poking around a little bit about... Hey, a little bit more about, you know, analytics because Dunner's got a really killer job outside of being in one of the best bands in the land. He's also uh, a podcast genius and expert. So uh, kudos to you, my friend, for all your help in there. And then my friend Katie here uh, with her wonderful band, Nice Horse, have uh, an amazing podcast called The Road Case. So it's uh, everyone's kind of doing a lot of cool shit out there. Uh, you play in great bands. I'm the least coolest of the land. So let's get to you guys and what you've been up to and all the rest of it. So, uh, Katie. How was Nice Horse's summer? What's been going on? Uh, the summer, it was nice to get to play some shows, though they were a little bit not what we're used to. Um, like they were kind of few and far between not at all a busy summer, but it was way busier than the summer before where we didn't get to play at all. So um, and now we're just getting into the kind of recording time Um, because again it's like shows are kind of like they come back and then they go away and then they come back and then they go away so you never really know if you're going to get to play or not Um, yeah so that's kind of what we've been up to Donna you're splitting on Tuesday what are you up to buddy where are you going I'm going out on tour which is this strangest words to come out of my mouth it feels like in way too long Um, 
you know, I was fortunate enough to actually see Katie on the road this summer. Uh, we got out and did a few shows. We did Stampede and, and Jazz Fest in Saskatoon and, and Queen City X out in Regina. Um, you know, and, and I think there probably were a few others in the mix, but best laid plans in, in the times that we're in. Um, those didn't happen. Um, we're heading out right now on on what's called the Everbound for Your Town tour. Uh, Washboard's going to be going a whole bunch of places that we've never been before and, and places that have not had live music in, you know, two or more years. Um, it's going to take us to a bunch of small towns that we've never been to. Uh, I just which I'm saw so Airdrie on there. That's I this is Katie. I can't believe it. <laughs> playing Katie's Town, right? Isn't that Katie's Town? That's you, my isn't town. Airdrie? When you That's pull into town? Airdrie, it says Katie's Town, brackets Airdrie below it, which it is should. really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you ever played Airdrie, Katie, your own town, outside of trying to make it? I've have you actually played, done a show? Not with Nice Horse and not with Jackalope. One time I think, oh, I one time I played the Festival of Lights. They do this big Christmas thing every year. And I played that one time, maybe even twice. That's it. I haven't so, done what uh, Donner's doing. He's playing my hometown before I am. <laughs> how about that? I know. Hmm, what do you, how do you feel about that, Katie? How do you feel about that? Conflicted. Because he's playing the rival high school that I went to. So part of me is like, oh, I probably wouldn't go in there anyways. Um, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Um, no, I think it's great. I love you guys, that you're going on tour, Dunner. It's great. You guys did play together, right? You played, you played together. Uh, is this last year? This is last year? Before the uh, world? Or, or be the year before? Year? Maybe two no, years. That's, three years? That's yeah. a few years ago I now. I guess we didn't quite do it. But you guys have played a lot of shows together, yeah. We have, yes. We've yeah. been very lucky that we often end up on the same festivals. We've done actual tour together. Um, we often are in the same town, even if we're just crossing paths really quickly. Um, but yeah, we get to see each other a lot. Now, you guys probably go back a ways too, because Katie, what a lot of people, um, you, you touched on Jackalope a bit, but um, you know that was a, the rock thing you were doing for a while. And Dunner, of course, uh well, why don't you tell a little bit of history about uh, about where what you were doing before you uh, started winning all these awards and playing in a rock band? You're way too kind. I've I've done a lot of things, and I've been blessed to have a life in music, which has been which has been really great. Um, you know, Washboard started out playing Tuesday nights, uh, like a lot of bands in our basement, and playing old trucker songs that we just absolutely love, from Red Sovine to to you know cw mccall and all this old bluegrass that we all grew up on and and just started playing and then you know like a lot of bands when you realize that people will give you free beer and a little bit of money to get out and play we, we started doing that and so the band started out um called run gmc and and we went out and played all our favorite old country songs and then at the same time we're writing together and it just sort of morphed um into washboard and then it was the life that the three of us always wanted um and we just started writing more and more together and over the years. And, and that's kind of led us to where we are now where with it's, it's all encompassing and, and, you know, blessed to, to have the life that we've had and, and have um, people who follow our music uh, in Canada and, and now a little bit around the world. And, and that's just been the greatest feeling in the world for that to have happened to us. Katie, did you, did Dunner, did you ever do the demo drop off? To Dunner when he was at Fox, did you ever do the uh, were you ever part of the uh, the interview process back then with Dunner you know or that was out of Todd and danger thing or or or, or Neil I'll thing I'll tell did, you 
Dunner and I met because I was working at the warehouse recording studio. And so he would be there um, with various bands that were through town. And we um, struck up a friendship that way. And then um, I was just telling somebody this story the other day. Um, he was the very first person to play Jackalope on the radio. And then, yeah, it was like, it was I'll never forget that. And then the second thing is that after I left Jackalope and I was like, oh, I'm going to take a musical hiatus. He was also the first person to get me back on stage because he asked me to sing Jolene with Run GMC. And so I started doing that with them. And so oh I feel like over the course of my life, I owe so much to Dunner for just like constantly like pushing me, be pushing me along and being like, you can do this. You can do this. So, yeah. I forgot to mention that this show is actually called Dunner. This is your life. This is ridiculous. And, uh, yeah. We actually wrote a song together. To Katie and I wrote a song together fairly early on in both of our careers too, called Arizona, yes. Yes. which was uh, a lot of fun. So I, I'm a fan of, of everything that nice horse does and everything that Katie does. Uh, Katie and I's friendship goes way before C Fox too. When yeah. I'm thinking when I was on air at XFM, and Strombo was on our punk rock radio show with with Corey and myself. That's probably when we yes. probably started hanging out more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that mm-hmm. actually, yeah, I've got some. I think I sent you and George some photos not that long ago that I was like, "What were the three of us doing on a street somewhere in Vancouver?" I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's been a it's been a wild ride between us. And then, <laughs> do you want to talk about more things that Dunner has done for me? I. Also, he lent yeah. me, I'm actually looking at it. You can't see it here, but he <laughs> lent me my first banjo. It's his. It says Ren GMC on the case. You need to go get it, Katie. This show no, is I've... visual as much as it is audio. So, Katie, uh, I was wondering where the hell that banjo went, if you I still had it. So is it a definition of, of, of he oh gave God. it to you or you stole it? Because if he doesn't know where it is, I'm wondering which one is it. We're you talking know, that's six or seven more, maybe more years ago. I need you remember that time? <laughs> you remember that time you gave me you gave me that banjo for free and it was the, the best thing ever? And no, I'm like, gonna give it back. You he did call me for it about two years ago. He was like, Hey, I need that banjo. And I was like, I'm not in town, so <laughs> I guess I'm keeping it. <laughs> and and here's the last strange connection that I'll pass on to you. Um, Katie actually played at my wedding, mm-hmm. which was really cool. Um, that too. Yeah, Katie was there and got up and played at the uh, at the reception, which was incredible. Yeah, we have now, had quite the quite the long years of friendship. Katie's mm-hmm. also played with the second greatest band name uh, cover band of all time with Pepper Spray by Hookers, which is where we've played together a long time. That's only second to Run GMC, which is the single greatest <laughs> band name, by the way. <laughs> In the history I, I of, uh, still of always, covers. I remember Great. when Donner was like, we're going to change the band name. And I was like, don't, don't change it. I mean, <laughs> I get why it. you did. And the one you've got is great. But I will, I ha- I still have a Run GMC shirt, I think. Um, yeah, I love it. It's great. Yeah, it was great. Always great for party. And, uh, and, uh, and I'm just amazed that uh, really, congrats to you both too, because it really, what it boils down to is careers have gone sort of in these weird directions katie you've been as long as i've known you, you've been an artist but dunner the artistic side to you i didn't really see until the run gmc side of it. before that it was all for me and you at least it was business i would show up i was doing shows with live nation you would you know i would see at the shows and it was you know it was c fox dunner at that point so i wasn't totally familiar with your artistic side until the run gmc thing started happening 
and then it's parlayed into Washboard Union, which and a nice horse. Look at these two giant Canadian country bands uh, that have just taken over the the scene, and um, that are that I I want to say are organic as well, because you guys have both have grassroots fans, which is to me because your style of music to me is is a little different than than what would be, I guess, a typical kind of stuff. I feel like you guys have really separated yourselves a little bit. Both of those bands have separated themselves and carved out a thing. So congrats to you both on that. And there's awards and nominations and things, and we could probably go on forever about that. So um, anyways, I'm really proud of you both. Not that it matters for me, but I'm very, you, man. I think it's very awesome. It's, it's a great feeling. So uh, I appreciate you making time for a little show like this. Um, I'm talking touring a little bit and what we've been experiencing. So, um, okay. Who was the first to go out between you guys? this summer Donna, you guys are doing a lot of online stuff you're still doing a lot of online katie was i think nice horse was one of the first bands i saw that was actually doing shows correct me Probably if i'm wrong about the same time like we first started with a few shows that we had booked that were all going to be online streams that then when they gave the go-ahead to allow like i think 50 people then some of these shows that we thought were going to be online um allowed 50 people then it was like 100 people and then alberta said we're open for summer and we played <laughs> the stampede and that was like thousands of people and that was that was a shock for me we played that with washboard and so dunner i don't know how you felt about it but i was like this is amazing and i'm really glad i'm on this side of it like it was nice to be on stage and play for those people the first few shows back i cried <laughs> Because I had moments during the pandemic when I was like, I don't know if we're going to make it through this and not because our band would break up, but I just was like, I don't know what the industry is going to look like and if we're going to be included on the other side of it. And so when we actually did get up on stage to play and I looked out and there was actual people there, um, that was very emotional, I thought. Yeah, I'll bet. Dunner, how was was that for you, man? Yeah. um, He was trying to. Yeah, totally. Katie will know this, but I will wear a trench in the backstage parking lot, walking back and forth before we go on. I'm a I'm a nervous guy before we go on, and the second we walk on stage, it disappears. Um, but the anticipation was like nothing else because you see all these photos in your phone of of what your life was like. I mean, there wasn't a week we Washboard wasn't on a plane the last three years. There wasn't one week that went by that we weren't on a plane. And and so we're getting on a bus and traveling. And and, and I think that for me, it's just the, the huge shock of and lonely feeling of not being in front of those people. And and look, we, we adapt and we do what we have to do. But playing in front of a laptop or watching someone play in front of a laptop never replaces the medicinal power of live music and coming together. And so... Um, to see the faces of people, I mean, Katie mentioned the stampede, to see the faces of those people when you walk out, they were losing their minds. Like, you know, they have known our songs for a long, long time, and but it was a giant sing-along. Like stuff, mm-hmm. Washboard's got a few songs on the radio, but they were singing stuff that I had no idea they would know. And they knew every right. word, which blew my mind and really showed me that that appetite to, to come back together, is I was missing it as much as they were. And, uh, and just so blessed to be able to have an opportunity I, to get back. I would imagine that it would have been a little bit like, sure, we're playing shows. And then you get on the plane and you're still like, sure, we're playing shows. And then you get to the gig and the sound check and you still don't believe it at sound check. And then the doors are open and then there's people and then you're on stage. 
I mean, assuming because that happened to me out there. Uh, I was, I just did 25 shows in America. Uh, and that's a whole other story <laughs> down there, but I did, I did, you know, 25 shows like a metal tour in fields of just militia in Michigan and you name it. It was that first show. I, I, I just kind of felt like, I can't believe this is happening. I also felt like we were getting away with something. I don't know why, but it just felt like, should we be doing this? Was there that moment for you both where you're just like, oh, this is real. It's right now. It's real. That first note, or was it the getting on the plane? What was that moment for you? I guess we'll go Katie first. Definitely for me, it was when we actually uh, started to play and hit soundcheck because we did have some shows that sadly, just because of things happening, did get canceled at the last minute. So like I was already in Calgary and then I was like, Oh, you're not going to that next show. They couldn't, you know, things would happen. And so for me, it was like, once you're actually at soundcheck, it's like, okay, I think the show is going to happen. Cause after that, then the shows all have happened. But yeah, I, even now I'm still, I mean, I think, I think I'm feeling, feeling good, but um, yeah, anything that we've had on the books, I'm always just like fingers crossed that some sort of wave of some kind doesn't happen that that shuts the whole thing down again. Donna, you're splitting in a couple of days, so um, management. Yeah, I sorry to bring question. you down. <laughs> no, but I, I, this question I asked the other day with Matt from Trivium because they had a pretty decent contingency. And I don't know if you've played in a tour kind of format yet, Donna, in this regard, but there was a lot of contingency being taken into account on these these shows now so on the four band metal tour it's like if the monitor guy goes down the monitor guy from the support act is going to fill in or if the lighting guy goes down who's going to fill in for lighting if a band member goes down are we canceling shows are we doing you know what what's the plan to fill in that kind of spot a little harder to do when you got three-part harmonies up front and you guys uh you know are going to lose it could potentially lose somebody but have you thought about contingency or or do you have a bit of a plan in place mentally uh, to prep for anything that might present itself like this in, in case you lose somebody? Yeah, I, I would say it's probably on the other side, though, of just the precautions that we take. Um, you know, going back to doing these shows, while there may be big crowds and, and all that, you know, there's there's certain things that we just can't do that, that as a band we've loved to do forever. We spend a lot of time with our fans uh, after each show. Mm -hmm. um, we do a, a fan-only acoustic performance now uh, before the show um, for, for winners and VIPs and that kind of stuff. And those things can't happen anymore. And, and they were so important to us. That's one of the biggest challenges in going out on the road. Plus, our, our crew keeps us really safe. These first three shows were sort of a testament to that, that they don't have us in places we shouldn't be. Um, and, and so I think we're being really cautious so that the not not to be unduly so, just to make sure that the train can keep rolling. Um, we want to keep everyone healthy. And that that's our band, our crew, everyone associated with putting on washboard concerts. And at the same time, every single one of the people that, that pays to come and see us, we want everybody to be safe. So, A, you got to be vaccinated to come to our shows. You, you just can't come. And that's a reality. And that's important for us because if it stops, if someone gets sick and it stops and it's happened to so many of our friends in the U.S., the whole machine stops. And, and there's a lot of people that rely on um, us staying on the road. Um, and, and Katie's no different. Um, there's people that rely on nice horse playing live financially and otherwise, and, mm -hmm. and you need to keep the train rolling. So I think there's a, a responsibility that you have to have approaching it. And then there's the unforeseen that you just can't, 
you know, there's no way you could account for it. I don't have a spare Aaron or a spare David. That's not going to happen. Washboard is, is that right. It's the three of us. So we, we do our best to, to be safe and stay safe and keep the show moving and keep our fans safe. How do you think the business uh, is going to bounce back? I mean, entertainment is generally uh, has been what they've called recession proof, but is proving very much to be a detriment to our, you know, th- this whole thing is proving to be a detriment to, to our business. Uh, as far as mental health, as far as all the rest of it, guys that, uh, and girls that might've been struggling before that were using the road to kind of help with that or been spending a whole bunch of time at home and, and, and they haven't been able to make music and make money and all the rest of it. So it looks like it's getting back. It looks like we're going to get back into a scenario here that, um, that people are going to start working again, but the Canadian country music industry uh, in, in general, and I know you guys look, go around the world, but I'm talking just uh, the Canadian country music industry in general, which is always, you know, to me tough to break because just given the finicky of country fans, like that they're just so like, they're kind of, I find them a little bit all over the place with, with their tastes. And I'm wondering after talking to your peers and some of the people, how do you feel the, the business itself on the country music side is going to come out of this thing right now? Are there bands that were about to break that didn't or bands that you think that are going to benefit from this that are now because of what they've done online? Donner, I'm going to start with you on this because you're dealing with a bunch of different things here because you also have a job on the other side of it too, controlling or in media still and, and radio to an extent. Um, so I'm curious to your thoughts on, on the industry right now. Well, um, that's a big question because I think industry there was three means, of them in there. Sorry, <laughs> multi-layered. Let me start with paragraph two F. Um, <laughs> I, I think that uh, there's a lot of different sides to the business. Um, who I am most uh, sympathetic towards, and and I hope get taken care of properly, are people that work in staging and putting on live concerts and touring because they have been hit so hard. Um, we want to get back to work so that those people can get back to work as well from people who operate theaters to promoters to all the people in between. Um, we want more than anything for that to, to rebound. Um, I think in Canadian country music, um, it's a mixture in Canada. There are independent labels that I think have been really smart during the course of, of the pandemic. And they've had artists that by nature um, are entrepreneurial anyways. So I think, found ways to stay present and relevant and in contact with the people that love their music. And that was certainly what we aim to do. Um, I, I think that the major labels in Canada that are, that are working in country music, the three of them have done a good job of supporting us. I think that the structure that's in place um, financially to support artists during times like this in Canada is, um, is, is good. Um, certainly could be better, but is, is good and, and supports artists and allows them to get through. Um, Look, all we wanted to do was spend our time wisely and, and we've written a ton of music in the last, you know, year and a half, two years. And, and our record came out during COVID. So like we left Nashville, struck the last chord, left Nashville, a tornado hit Nashville and then the pandemic. Mm. And then our record came out. Um, so, you know, we've been in a writing cycle the last while and, and that part has fed me so much. Um, just been writing, you know, with Washboard and outside of Washboard, uh, put a writing camp on in the last few weeks here where I had nine songwriters up at our place. 
um, who are as hungry to write new tunes as, as I was. And so um, the music side of it is what has kept me uh, fed emotionally and, and spiritually. Um, and now you get to sort of move into that next phase. You're either recording or promoting or doing this or doing that. Now you're moving mm-hmm. into that next phase and, and I can't wait. Um, I hope the industry gets to where it needs to get and back to where it was. I only control what, what we control. And, um, and we're certainly aimed in that direction. And I think are all rowing forward together. So seems to me if anyone's going to go watch shows first, it's going to be country music fans. So, you know, given what's going on, I think they prove that country music fans will be like, and we're going out, we don't care. So we're going out. Katie, what do you think of the industry right now coming out of this? Yeah. Well, I mean, that Eric Church concert was sold out So I, at Rogers Arena. So I think that says a lot about country fans wanting to wanting to be there. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I would I feel what Dunner feels like um, it. It's been hard, obviously. And but I think people want to get out there and they want to do it. And people are. What I think is great is how many different creative ways people found to keep going from like Dan Davidson did that Diesel Bird Fest and got people doing he did an online festival within like a month of the pandemic starting. And I thought that was like really amazing. And and, you know, these drive in shows that people um, put on, I think everybody just like persevered any way they could. And and Brent, you asked, like, will there be bands that that don't don't survive it and i know that that was what i wondered i was like i wonder if there will be bands that just that couldn't make it through and you just hope that that's not the case um and it's and it seems to me like everybody's still there because everybody found a way um to hang on and yeah and i'm hoping that we're through the through the the hardest part of it i mean i never thought it would be two years i remember like some of my text messages when see the girls and i were in switzerland when it happened and we had to get on a flight and immediately come home and quarantine and we I remember just being like, okay, well, hopefully we'll see you in a couple of weeks. We've got a show, not knowing that we didn't see each other for eight months and then we didn't play for another like six months or something. So it's, uh, yeah, I didn't expect it to go on this long, but um, yeah, we're still here. And like Dunner said, we did a, we were the same. We did a lot of writing. I kind of went into a little bit more of a darker space where I just wanted to throw my instruments out the window because I was so heartbroken over kind of what had happened that looking at them made me sad (laughs) and then but then i i shifted and actually found myself playing more of my instruments like i primarily play the acoustic guitar and the banjo but i started playing my piano it's been sitting there for my entire life and i never play it and i've been playing my piano and taking piano lessons and and playing music for the joy of playing music i found myself like recording covers just because I was sitting in my living room and I was like, I got to do something. And so that was a way that I kind of found to express myself, I guess, to keep music in my life when, because as a band and Dunner, you know, this, like all these solo acts were able to still participate in a lot of these online things because they could just show up and play it. And as a band, um, Again, Washboard Union is a very similar situation of Nice Horses. None of us live in the same city, and in Nice Horses' case, not even the same province. And so when people said, do you want to do this festival, this online thing, we're like, well, we can't because we don't even live in the same place to be in the same room and be a bubble together. We couldn't even do that. So we really got kind of stripped away from playing anything at all for for a long time but yeah found creative ways and we're all still here and i think Mm -hmm. yeah i think people are hungry and we'll we'll all make it through i think we're uh we're about to get hit with a ton of shows based on what i'm seeing on my schedule for next year anyways it's going to be pretty uh 
pretty busy. And that is an interesting thing though, because then there's so many shows, right? And that was one of, one of my fears is I was like, then like, will there be room? Like, but who cares? Just get the music going. I don't care. Well, I think there's going to be room. People are going to, they went to five shows a week before they're going to go to seven shows a week now just to get out and do it. Um, Yeah. You know, you know, provided the agent contracts aren't through the roof and make it impossible to buy tickets. But I think mm-hmm. we're fine there, aren't we? Mm-hmm. So it's all good. Uh, you guys got pretty creative through the process. Uh, Dunner, you said you put the record out during that and then <laughs> then the tornado. You already earned the gold record just by all the shit that happened leading into it. This is one of those stories of like, you know, people say, oh, Canada, what's it like? I'm like, well, you got a tour between November and May, and that's the only way you can get your gold record. And if you haven't done it, you don't get the gold record. But I think you get an honorable mention because you had a tornado hit. So, um, yeah, that that set the stage for something kind of interesting for you guys. But how did your fans kind of take that? Uh, and then as far as the record goes, how's it been doing for you? It, it was a, a weird time because we gladly we were out of Dodge when when the tornado hit Nashville and, and gladly our friends were all safe. So um, but, but it was a strange thing. We'd, we'd finished the album. Um, we're all hit with this new reality. And, and you have the choice of like, well, what do you do? Do you do you put this thing in the on the shelf for a bit and see how things go and then release it? Or do you keep going? And the horse was just kind of out of the barn. It was a bit too late. And, and we wanted to put this out because. Uh, unconsciously there was this undercurrent on this record of, of like hope um, and limitlessness and wonder. And, and with the three of us talked about the fact that like, this is going to get bad and, and maybe people need a record like this at a time like this. Um, you know, and I mean, Everbound, the title of the record comes is a word we made up because we couldn't find the right title. And, and for us, that word captured that, that idea that if you could wake up with like childlike wonder and drink a cup of that every morning, how different might your life be? And, and, and so putting the record out was the smartest decision we could have made. And we've heard back from our fans over and over again, thanking us because this was a time where we all turned to music when things got tough and didn't know how to process it. And we were glad to be part of that for, for people who like our music. So, uh, you know, looking back, I, I will always look back fondly that we had the courage to put this record out and to yeah. do what we could to promote it. It was just different. And you just had to get smart about how you were going to do it. Yeah. I love it. I, I think it's great. Never Run Out of Road is such a good song. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's what I mean. Uh, did everyone's airplay go up? Just in general? I mean, did you find... <laughs> Everything. Let's give Katie a minute as she chokes to death. Sorry. Coffee. Are you drinking? Are you drinking coffee at least? Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to pretend that it is because I, <laughs> I can't flavored vodka, Brent. Don't I be can't fooled. drink coffee this late, but I want you to appreciate my mug. It says A B C D E F U C K. Yeah, yeah, that's a great bought, mug. Bought that during <laughs> pandemic. Done <laughs> <laughs> your coffee head, aren't you? It's a coffee like where are you? You're up in the valley, aren't you? Aren't you up somewhere? Yeah, I'm in the Okanagan. Yeah. Mm. Um, oh yeah. I'm I'm a coffee fanatic. We're gonna play a little game then while we're going okay. here. Uh, we're gonna play a little game that I uh that I have here. Uh that it's called uh, the espresso shot. Just give me a minute here, I'll bring it up here. Here we go. There we go. The big graphics. It's some big, big money we spent on this little section of the, of the show. Production. Yeah. It is. It really is. It really is. Um, so I have a game called the Espresso Shot. We're basically, uh, I'm going to ask you guys uh, kind of a quick hit kind of question uh, about coffee. Just give me like a quick answer uh, as far as your feelings about 
various things like regions and things like that. And we'll go from there. So this is the Brenton on Tour Espresso Shot back for season three. I got Dunner. I got Katie. We're hanging out. I'm going to minimize because no one wants to see my mug when these two fabulous people are on here. Able to hear me? I should still be able to hear me. Anyways, here we go. Um, three, two, one. Favorite coffee region. Dunner. Oh, my God. I think I spend way too much time in the Air Canada Lounge, so I just drink what they serve there, which is Lavazzo, I think. <laughs> so, so we'll go with Italy. Italy. You're yes, going to Italy. Italy. Katie, favorite coffee region? I have no idea, but you know I like going to Hawaii. Kona. Don't. So you're going to go You're going to go Hawaii. We'll give you the yeah. Kona Pass, which you can get it to. Yeah. If you if you can believe this, you can actually get it at uh, 7-Eleven, Kona Coffee. There you go. Uh, then that kind of answers a little bit because you're so you're you're into it. But your favorite coffee bean uh, and store, sort of locally go to, uh, whether it be around the world, uh, this one in Saskatoon or this one in Vancouver or whatever. Where's your favorite coffee shop in the whole world to go mm -hmm. to? I have forgotten because I don't get to go to them anymore. <laughs> You've got so many. I'd say the one stop. I, I don't get to be in Vancouver much anymore. Um, but when I do go down, my one stop is Uprising. And I absolutely mm. love going Where there. Where's that? That's down on like Venables. Oh. We used to have a rehearsal space down near there. Oh. Venables and, and Knight, Clark. Oh, I have to go yeah. check them out then. It's fantastic. Yeah, Katie, leave your house. Must leave go. your house, Katie, and go to okay, go for coffee. Okay. <laughs> What part of town you're in, Katie? I'm not sure, but I think uh, I think that's you. Uh, you're surrounded by good coffee, so you've got yeah. a day to report, one day to report back. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, is there a coffee myth you want to debunk? Something that you're like, that's not true, or that's ridiculous. A coffee a myth that's that you're like, I've either investigated or something that you're like, no, that's not true. That can't be true. None. I don't have one. <laughs> Dark roast. Yeah, the myth about dark uh, roast not being being more caffeine in it. That's a whole thing. I have one that I didn't think was true, so I tested it and it is, and I use it all the time on the road. And that is drinking a coffee and going and falling asleep for twenty minutes. And by the time it kicks in, you wake up and you wake up bright eyed. And so I do that on the road when I'm really starting to crash and it works. Uh, and I don't have a problem falling asleep anywhere. So I, I use that all the time and it works great. By the so time the caffeine coffee. kicks in, yeah, yeah, drink coffee, immediately try and have a quick 20 minutes. By yeah. the time the caffeine kicks in for me, I wake up and I'm bright-eyed. Wow. What kind of coffee gear are you working on at home? I have this machine the boys call R2-D2, um, which is <laughs> something my wife bought. And it's just sort of like the one touch. It's a melee and I love it. And mm. it grinds it and does the whole thing. It's not one of those pod things. I can't, I can't do those ones. They taste like margarine lids to me. Um, not that I eat a lot of margarine lids, but that's what they taste like. Um, so if they were to taste like something, that would be it. Yeah. That's right. R2D2 <laughs> kicks out a good cup. Okay, what do you got at home? Just a basic coffee maker. Works for me. I have coffee. Okay. Here's the thing that I'm into right now is <laughs> it's gonna. It's, I'm really into the oat milk coconut milk combination to put it in my coffee. It's really good. There's like a you can buy a like coffee creamer that's half coconut milk half oat milk and mm. it's freaking delicious and gives it just this kind of little bit of sweetness because i used to put honey in my coffee and now i don't do that anymore i just use this oat milk coconut milk combination so try that and last thing uh advice for somebody coming into coffee for the first time donner i've never drank coffee before what do i do cinnamon 
I have cinnamon in every cup. Cinnamon. I, yeah, I think it's from too much time spent in Mexico, but I love cinnamon in my coffee. And that can make the crappiest gas station coffee somewhat tolerable. But <laughs> that's a, that's a thing, cinnamon and coffee in Mexico? Oh, absolutely. Cafe con leche, always with cinnamon. Huh, there you go. There you go, Katie. Advice for yeah. somebody coming into coffee for the first time? What do you think? I try the coconut oat milk if you need to cut it a little bit. That's what you're Delicious. working on at home, but sure, let's try the coconut oat milk combo. That's even for me. I've never tried that. I don't do milk in my coffee, but it's all good. Oh, yeah, but you got to try it. All right, that's the espresso shot with Dunner and Katie uh, uh, for this week on the Britain on Twitter podcast. I thank you both for playing that. It was very cool. Now, um, I'll let you get out of here very, very shortly. Uh, I'm sure you got a busy day ahead, but um, how are we feeling about protocol now, tour-wise, um, where it's kind of landing? Uh, are you patient to, you know, all the testing and all the the kind of things that are going to have to happen in order to get into some of these venues. You don't need to get political here, but I think our new reality is that, uh, you know, there's going to be a vaccine mandate in a lot of these shows. I only had one in America. It was in Portland where everyone had to be vaccinated, but I think in Canada, it's different now. Um, but the new world of touring, you know, you, you got to crew up with people. Uh, you've got all these different changes that we have to go through. Dunner, you touched on it earlier, not being able to touch and kind of hang in the fans and stuff. I mean, that's a bit of an impact. So how do we feel about that new part of it? And how do, are you going to adjust accordingly to it? Uh, Dunner, go ahead. Um, wow. I, I, you know, I think, I think about it much the way I thought about how we were going to handle the pandemic. And that is let's just get creative and, and let's do it. But at the center of it for us is, is keeping people safe. We have a, a career where we interact with people in one way or another, and we need to do that safely. We have a crew that takes it very seriously for us. So they keep the three of us, actually the, the six of us very safe. Um, so I'm thankful for that. Um, more than anything, we take precautions. The reality is you got to be vaccinated to get into a washboard show. And that's just something we're not going to budge on. Um, and that's whether that was a local mandate or not, that's where we land on it um, because it mm. allows us all to be safe. And I think, you know, without getting too political, we have a responsibility to each other. I didn't get vaccinated for myself. Um, so I think that, that that's where it's at. And, and I think as long as we do that, hopefully we all are able to maintain where this is hopefully headed, but none of us want to go back into another lockdown or, or have this stop again um, because then it will affect bands. There will be bands that don't bounce out back from another wave of this. Um, so I think we just are all doing everything. We're cautiously optimistic, but we're being very careful to protect our fans because they mean so much to us. Katie, how are you feeling? Yeah. I mean, I, what, what Dunner said, we need to do what, what is required to keep people safe. Um, I, I, literally everything he said is, is, is it right? Like we, as the band need to be safe. Cause if one of us is out that the show kind of stops and you want fans to feel safe and you want people to feel comfortable. So, um, I, for me, it's just like, I'm willing to go with whatever that looks like, you know, per region or per whatever it is that we're supposed to do. That is what keeps people safe is like, that's what I'm on board for. Very good. One more thing before we go. You guys have known each other for a very long time. Donner, what's your favorite memory of Katie? Between Jackalope, Nice Horse, Holy your History. Yeah, what's your favorite Katie memory? Well, I'm excited to hear this. You have to go through the Rolodex because you probably got a few it's of them. A lot of, it's a lot of memories. Um, yeah. I, I'll be honest and say that, uh, I mean, 
beyond the world of music, Katie is a, is a great friend of mine. And um, Katie playing at my wedding was a very big deal to me. And I, I proudly tell that story every time someone brings up Nice Horse or um, just seeing somebody who is a as talented as as katie is um persevere um being in a band is not easy there are ups that are amazing and there are downs that are really tough to weather and katie knows that and and nothing seems to phase her and she approaches it with the same grace that she always has and so i mean i've got a, a litany of memories um my most recent one i'll just say and then, and then i'll shut up but I, I walked into our first show back and Nice Horse was opening for Washboard and and I heard Nice Horse the second we pulled into the backstage at the Calgary Stampede and immediately felt like I was home. Um, and Katie was singing and, and for me, that was just like, okay, we're back. And that's the voice I wanted to hear to come back to. So I was really proud of them for the show they put on. They upped their game just so much. It's incredible. That's no pressure, Katie. No, 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 no pressure, Katie. What's your favorite Dunner memory? <laughs> I know. I'm like, how do I? Because I, same thing. Like we have been friends as we've talked about for so long. Um, and I remember the show Dunner when you guys had officially, I think that's when you had officially changed your name to the Washboard Union and you played in that venue. I think it's even called the venue, the place that is across from the Commodore. Oh, wow. Um, you remember that? Um, just barely. And that show was just, you ha You guys had, I loved what you did before in Run GMC, just to be clear. I loved it. I loved the like uncle brother and all that stuff that was happening. It was so good. But that show, I remember it was just like a switch. Like you were like, we're doing this and we're not taking no for an answer. And I was so proud of you in that moment because I remember that was a big show for you guys. So that was a very fond memory as far as how proud I am of you as a musician and as a friend. You also fed me my very first Guinness that I had ever drank. <laughs> um, and I'll never forget that. That was very delicious. And I was like, oh, this is this is the thing I'm really into. And I always remember that my first Guinness was given to me by Dunner. How lovely is that? It's awesome. <laughs> know. You know what I'm saying? This is what happens oh, when you wait, get friends and one on. more thing. Can I also this just talk about how on. we played at the Commodore together before we played at the Commodore together? Do you remember that when we played the Commodore? Um, and again, you guys got me up to sing Jolene. I don't even remember what it was for. I'm pretty sure it was still a, it was still a run GMC thing, but you guys were at the Commodore and you wow. got me up on stage there, which was like a huge thing because I was like, oh my God, I'm playing the Commodore. And then fast forward like, eight, 10 years later, and we were actually opening up for you guys at a sold out show at the Commodore. That was also awesome. <laughs> That's pretty great. Yeah. Lesson to be learned here for listeners and watchers that the people that you meet at the beginning, if you treat everybody nice, will still be with you along for the whole ride. And almost, you know, that's almost every single case of every person, Katie, our mutual friend, Pete. I mean, he's one of the first, Pete Clyde is one of the first people I ever met in this business when I was touring. So Dave, fortune guys like that guys i met i'm still to this to this day so it's one of those things where treat people nice right you know yes. especially when you're coming out of this shit and we all need to uh, uh lean on each other to get this business back and uh i'm very very excited for dunner going out this week and being able to experience some of that i'm very glad that both of you got a chance to get out this summer and play some shows together and for the people which is amazing and um and the fact that you made 
time for little old me on this little show, uh, yeah, which I appreciate uh, appreciate you guys making the time for. So uh, we will wrap here in a minute. Dunner, where can people find you online and all the stuff that you guys are up to? Um, the washboardunion.com, all the usual places, um, TikTok and Instagram and, and all that good stuff, Washboard Union on all of those. Um, that's where you can find us. And you're going to be going on tour in a couple of days, hitting cameras yeah, and airdrie. <laughs> yeah. So the first part is the prairies and then it moves out to Ontario and then it moves out to BC and we just heard it's going somewhere else. So I, I think it's going to end up being about 33 shows. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Katie's going to have a guest list for you and Airdrie, I'm sure. So yes. it's going to be pretty substantial. <laughs> uh, that's done her with the washboard union. Uh, one of uh, my oldest friends in this business. We're not old. We just happen to be, you know, around each other a lot uh, over the last uh, year and many, many, many years. And I appreciate uh, you coming on the show and really, really um, happy for you. what you guys have gone from run GMC to this, which it was also already like the, best party band yes you know and then to turn it into this amazing thing with washboard has been awesome so congrats oh, to you on that man. katie really uh same thing what's uh, where can everybody find you and all the rest yeah of it? nicehorsemusic.com and everything is at nicehorsemusic so you can find us there we're always doing something ridiculous online yeah you, you really are it i really don't know idiots on the internet that's like what we're known for it's if you, and i don't if, mind. If, <laughs> Yeah, you got a whole other career with that. So now I did make a request earlier about playing both of you guys out uh, with a banjo off, but I'm not sure Katie has hers on her. I, I think Dunner had his there, but anyways, maybe we'll do that another time. But uh, anyways, I really appreciate both of you coming on the show. Uh, you can find Katie and uh, Dunner on tour, hopefully in 2022 together on some festivals, as well as uh, in your ears on the radio with uh, both of their amazing bands, Washboard Union and Nice Horse. So, Thank you, friends, for coming by the Brent on Tour podcast this week. Thank and, you, uh, buddy. We'll, Thank we'll you so much. We'll have you back much. anytime. Yeah. Two of my really, really favorite people in this business. Um, I tell you, when I first moved to Vancouver, I, I met Dunner through, um, I was trying to dabble in management at that time, and he was working as program, like doing everything at CFOX. Just, I'm just going to say he was doing everything at CFOX at that point. And um, gave me some really great advice about the city and just kind of how to adjust to it. And uh, always made time for some of the bands that I was attempting to to uh, to help out. And, and uh, that led to great relationships with Todd and Danger and all the guys from that station. Uh, brother Neil Morrison, uh, those guys that I came through Toronto with, uh, with Neil as well, which is crazy. And Katie, um, Katie, I met through a great friend of mine, uh, Pete Clyde, who, who basically brought me into Live Nation as a promoter rep. Uh, through tour, I was tour managing for years and ran into him and we ran into Katie and well, Katie just lights a room now, doesn't she? So uh, not hard to, uh, to, uh, to become friends with Katie. I mean, she's just really, really a ball of uh, life and energy. And, um, and I'm just so happy for her to be able to parlay that into the success that's been happening with nice horse and all the rest of it. And um, she's always making time for everybody, which is great, including me on this show. So I can't, uh, can't thank her enough and thank Dunner enough for their time for that. So go check out their bands, everybody. I'm going to keep this series going next week. Uh, I've got uh, some more really cool things lined up for you. Um, we're going to get into some of the Live Nation rep people and some of the road rep people that do what I do for a living out there. And then uh, I think the week after that, I have an all-women panel of, of, of women that are touring and what they're experiencing. So... Anyways, friends, that's the Brent Lunsford podcast for another week. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. Guys, again, check out those bands, Washboard Union. Nice horse. And if you can find yourself a Run GMC shirt, make sure you send a picture of it my way because it's worth a shit ton of money. Thanks, everybody. Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast. Heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.